Good morning, everybody. Welcome to those that are here in person. Welcome to those who are here on Zoom. It is good. Uh, good to meet with our brothers and, and sisters here this morning. Um, we're going to start with prayer. We want to pray for Scott Growth. Uh, Scott's getting a heart cath tomorrow. He's been having some chest pain while running a half marathon. So that's not good, but then it kept coming back. So, so we want to pray for that. And then I also just want to pray for us, you know, to gather together in Jesus' name, to be about our Father's business, to exhort one another, to provoke one another, to love and good works. You know what else that's called? That's called wrestling against principalities, against powers against rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. And so, man, I just want to pray for us that we would stir ourselves up, so to speak. We've been talking about that, right, in terms of this series. And here's what's happened. COVID came and everybody started, man, praise the Lord for Zoom. I love Zoom. I want to keep doing Zoom. But I was, I was watching church in my shorts in my lazy boy. Okay, I, I got a little passive. We need to shake off the passivity, you know, and it's times like this where we, we need to actively fulfill the mission that God gave us. Now, it's going to look weird, but, but I think we just need to pray. I don't know if anyone else is, is feeling the wrestling this morning. If anyone else is, is, is trying to shake off some passivity. And, uh, but anyway, let's just pray and, and, and we're going to pray for Scott and then for all, you know, if there's others who have some issues that, that maybe we need to pray for. I'm just going to put all that under that covering of uh, Lord, help us, heal us. Father, we come before you in Jesus name and I thank you so much, Lord, for everyone who's gathered right now. God, we just want to say we love you. We are gathered in Jesus name and this mission that you gave us, we acknowledge. God, it's not my mission. It's not, it's not, a, it's your mission. And so, Lord, we're just saying yes in obedience to what you gave us to do as, as best we can. And Lord, God, you're enough to meet our needs. We just want to now be about helping others find you. And so, Lord, uh, would you please anoint and bless us? God, would you settle? our hearts and minds to hear from you this morning. But at the same time, Lord, we, we would be like the Bereans who readied their minds to hear the things. And then they searched the scriptures to see if they were so. God, we want to be people like that. So Lord, whether we're at home or whether we're here, whether it's this class or the class next door, God, we just ask you for your blessing in that way. And we lift up Scott to you. Father, we pray for a good procedure tomorrow without complications and that, Lord, you would use that particular pathway of healing to bring him to a point of wholeness and wellness. So, Father, we pray against any problems, any complications, any issues, you know, that, that might arise that, God, those things happen. And so we ask you, Father, that they wouldn't happen for Scott. And that, Lord, if there is an issue with the heart, some, some blockage or, or, or something that, God, that would become evident and that, Lord, you would just bless and heal. So we look to you and ask you for that. And God, if, if we could, 
just lift up Scott as a representative of the rest of us. Lord, it seems like, you know, we all got something and, and this, a, a thorn in the flesh. And for some of it, it's, the, it's arthritis in the knee or it's a back or, God, for some of us, it, it may be our minds uh, are playing tricks on us and, and it's hard to trust emotions or our thinking. God, it may be eyesight. It may be dental problems. God, God you know, but all of us, we're kind of like Paul and we say, Lord, we have this thorn in the flesh. And God, you know, Paul prayed for healing three times. And so, Lord, it's right to pray for healing. And we just ask you for healing, Lord, not because we deserve it, but because, God, you love us and we want to be able physically to, to do this mission that you've given us. But, Lord, if your answer is, you know, my grace is sufficient for you in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. And we also just want to be like Paul and say, God, thank you. I will gladly take these infirmities that the power of God may rest upon me. So, Father, would you please empower us through healing, Lord, for, for Lois, her knee replacement, Lord, for Scott, his heart catheterization, for all of us, for our thorn in the flesh. God, we pray for healing. But, God, if, if you don't want to empower us through healing, then, Father, we ask you that your spirit would rest upon us, the spirit of power would rest upon us, and in our weakness, your strength would be made perfect. And then, God, we just trust you for an attitude that says, I will gladly, therefore, glory in my infirmities. So, Father, we just ask all this. This morning, God, we love you. I thank you so much. God, it's so good to gather with my brothers and sisters this morning. Thank you for them. Please bless them. Bless our time and, and, and the word and our time in small groups. We love you. We thank you and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. So, welcome. Uh, to week five of the Onward Christian Soldier series. Hey, Bill, can you give me a wave and just make sure you can hear me okay? Ah, praise the Lord. Thank you. Okay. Probably a little late to do that, but there you go. So um, we are, so week five of the Onward Christian Soldier series. And so by way of review, last week we were in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Before that, we were in 2 Timothy 1, and we, you guys remember the unfeigned faith of Lois, of Grandma Lois, and how she had, we, we've got our own Grandma Lois, the faithful Grandma Lois that, that's right here. We, we looked at her faith because it was a faith that could be passed on. Right. It was a faith that she passed on to Eunice, who passed it on to Timothy. And so we looked at what an unfeigned faith looks like, the one that can be passed on. We looked at how we have within us God's gift, which is just incredible. I still can't get over that, that within me, according to God's word, there is a gift of God. And that gift of God is a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. Man, I thank God for that. That's not natural for us to have spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. That's something that God gave us at the point of salvation. And what we saw was that thing needs stirred up. We then looked at last week, 2 Timothy 2, 1, how, that we are to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And we saw that, that thing that's necessary. Because with ministry comes afflictions, and we looked in 2 Timothy chapter 1, and we saw 
that the believer is to be a partaker of the afflictions. And so we're contextualizing what we are seeing here within the afflictions that come from being a partaker, I'm sorry, for, for being a minister of the gospel. So you as men and women of God who are committed to being a part of the mission that God gave us, we need to understand that there is a spiritual battle in place. We saw that the partaking of our afflictions is according to the power of God. This is review. Okay. So if you weren't here and this doesn't sound familiar, don't, don't worry about it. You can go back and listen, but I'm not going to re-preach that whole message. But the degree to which I can engage in the mission of God depends upon the degree to which I appreciate and am able to apply the power of God in my life. And so we concluded something like this. Ministry is a spiritual battle. We need to be empowered by God, so keep in mind spiritual reality. God is with us. We need to be strengthened in his grace. We need to be enabled by what he has given us. All of this brings us to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, and that's our passage for today. So turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, and let's read this together. It's, it's one of the most familiar verses in this church. And this is what we read. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And that's a familiar verse. And the plan for today is to just work through this verse bit by bit and then have small group time in which we can discuss what God has shown us and where we're at in terms of the things that God reveals to us through this verse. So by way of introduction, this is probably something that's familiar to you, okay? So here's our review. It is a spiritual battle and we need to be empowered. That word strengthened is to be empowered, to be enabled to do something, okay? So what we see by way of introduction in this verse, the mission and the method of discipleship. Both of those things are seen in these four generations of teachers in this verse. We are to keep and then propagate the truth of God's word. Okay, so, so what are the four generations in the verse? Paul, Timothy, faithful men to teach others. Paul teaches Timothy, Timothy teaches faithful men, faithful men teach others. On and on and on, a generational passing on of the things that they have received. Okay, I keep saying this. I don't know if, you, if you're hearing it, but this is both the mission that God gave us and the method of accomplishing the mission. Is this transmission of life? Is you taking the things that you have received of the Lord? But listen. It's not enough for you to learn them. You need to pass them on. You need to have an unfeigned faith like Grandma Lois. You did notice that, right? Paul's talking to Timothy and he starts off with, hey, remember that faith that your grandma passed to your mom, which was passed to you? And now these things you've heard of me, guess what you're going to do, Timothy? You're going to take them. You're going to pass them on generationally. This is generational discipleship. You guys see that? Yeah, so... 
So let's look at some of these verses that I have listed here. Okay, first of all, in Ezra chapter 7, verse 10. This is to illustrate we are to, to receive and keep the, the, the word, the faith, the truth, and then we're to pass it on. Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, teach all nations. That teach all nations is, is to like enroll somebody as a student. Make them students. And that's evangelism. Okay? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Baptism, traditionally, was how you joined the church. So look, evangelism, joining the church, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. It's not enough for you to be saved, disciples. You need to go evangelize, baptize, teach. You need to make disciples. Guess what part of what he's commanded them? to go, to baptize, to teach. Discipleship is both the mission and the method that God has given us. That's what he did. Okay, here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, we see the same thing, okay? Timothy was told in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13, hold fast. The form of sound words, which thou hast heard of me, and faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Listen, hold fast what you've been taught, but then in 2 Timothy 2, 2, oh yeah, and teach others also. Who shall teach others also? So listen, I am so glad you're saved. Can, can everyone in this room say, I know I'm born again. If I were to die today, I'd spend eternity with the Lord. Can everyone say that? Yeah, so everyone in here is raising their hand. Can everyone say, I... I'm also a part of, of teaching others. Not all of us. Okay, see, don't miss it. Don't miss it. You have been saved, but you're created under good works. You are to be a part of the mission that God gave us. And that's what we're covering today. And this is so exciting. It's so simple, but it's so exciting and it's so hard. Why, why is doing good, doing right so hard? Look, just eat fewer calories than you burn. <laughs> Look, it's simple. Just save a little money every month and put it away. <laughs> okay, why is it so hard to just do the simple things that you know? Yeah, we wrestle, we have an enemy. A flesh, the world, and the devil are wired against us. Listen, be encouraged. Be encouraged. We can do this. Okay. Okay, so we're going to just work through this, and we're starting with the word and, because that's what the passage starts with. So, and the things. Okay, well, let's talk about that and, because and is a conjunction. It links this verse with the last verse. Follow me. Last verse started with the word what? Therefore. So we had to go back and look at what the therefore is therefore, and what we saw Last time is the same thing we saw here, is that, that verse 2 finds its context in chapter 1, and we have to stir up the gift that is within you for the battle that is around you. We need to be put in remembrance that we have an enemy. Otherwise, you just get discouraged. 
People are all over the world right now asking, what's wrong with the world? Why are things this way? Why is there racism? Why is there pain? Why is there suffering? Why? Oh, yeah. We need to keep in mind spiritual reality, you guys, because souls are at stake. Okay? Because the enemy is fighting. Now, this brings us to... to Letter C on your handout here. There are many churches full of good people. There, there really are. You know, and we're not the only church in town. I, I, you know. But God has made it clear to us that we must reproduce a biblical work. Do you remember what Paul told Timothy in, in, in the last chapter, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, about all the people that are in Asia? What did they say? What did Paul say? Yeah, Paul had been forsaken. All those in Asia are turned away from me. And ministry's hard. Everyone else turned away. I'm in, you know, except for Aniferous. I'm not saying that. I got to read it. Oh, Onesiphorus. Okay, verse 16 of chapter 1. But listen, everybody's turned away. You know, we're living in the Laodicean church age in which, in which there is a... Jesus said, when I return, will I find faith upon the earth? I don't know. When I look at the state of Christianity today in general, it's very discouraging. I do not see a lot of Bible-believing, faith-based Bible-believing, disciple-making, disciple-making, leadership training, sending churches who are simply doing their very best to fulfill the mission that God's given them. And that sounds really bad. And like I said, there are a lot of churches all over full of good people, but we need to just simply reproduce what God told us to do. We need to reproduce a biblical philosophy of ministry, a discipleship ministry, and a faith-based view of God's word, where there's a structure in place for people to fulfill this mission that God gave us. And that's what we're going to do. But, <clears throat> and refers back to chapter one. So don't forget that. And then this next part, the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. Well, this is good to talk about. Okay. The things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. Let's talk about that word among, first of all. Okay. So you are... You're familiar with our hermeneutic, with our way of studying the Bible in which we let the Bible define itself by comparing scripture with, by comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. Okay, that's how we study the Bible. If you look at this word among and you see other ways it's translated, how it's used in scripture, it's kind of in like, this is what I picture. Here's the Apostle Paul. And he's got a bunch of witnesses around him, a bunch of people, and he's teaching. That's what I picture when I read the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. That's actually not what this is saying. Turn with me to Matthew. Okay, super interesting to compare scripture with scripture here. Matthew chapter 1, verse 22. I'll, I'll wait, I'll drink a... I'll drink a coffee because 
because I need to, and you guys are slow finding Matthew. So it just works out for both of us. Matthew chapter one, verse 22. I do need my, well, I mean, I need the spirit and the word, but I, I, I'm glad for my coffee this morning. Matthew 1, 22. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, okay, one of those words in there is the same word as among. It's the word by, by the prophet. Okay. Just stay in Matthew chapter 2, verse 5. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it was written by the prophet. Okay, so it doesn't say among the prophet. It says by the prophet. But it's the same word that's used there. Chapter 2, verse 15. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet. The, the prophet's the one that said it. It was spoken by the prophet. That's that same word as among in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. Here's some more. Let's go to, uh, go to Matthew 4, verse 4. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Out of the mouth of? Is the same word as by <clears throat> that was spoken by the prophet, that was spoken out of the mouth of the Lord. Okay, let's do one more. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse. Um, well, let's go to Matthew 12. We'll skip to Matthew 7. Matthew chapter 12, verse 1. At that time, Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn. Same word, through. Out of the mouth of. That's the words came that way. The words came out of the mouth. The prophet is the word spoken by the prophet. Jesus went through the corn. Okay, back in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. The things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. That means you're hearing the same thing from or through many witnesses. Okay, number one, our hermeneutic is to compare scripture with scripture. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let that truth be established. So we're gonna teach things that are clear in scripture. We're not gonna teach things, some one-off weird doctrine that someone inferred from one verse. No, we are going to get that which was spoken of many witnesses. We're gonna compare scripture to scripture till we come up with a clear, doctrinal truth does that make sense the other thing is this if only you and three other people on youtube can see some truth you do not qualify as many witnesses especially if you're going to discount something that has been traditionally accepted throughout the history of christianity right there are people that come up with weird stuff all the time and then it gains a little bit of traction because you can you can actually compare scripture to scripture and prove it. Well, yeah, this verse says the things that you have heard of me, Paul's teachings from lots of different sources, lots of different witnesses. That's what we're going to teach. 
okay? That's what we're to commit to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. You guys see that? Now, this protects us, okay, from elitist cliques causing division in the body through sectarianism. Okay, well, there's this sect over here. We are the, we're of Paul. And we're a sect over here. We are of Apollos. Well, in my Bible study, we do this. Well, in my small group, we do that. Well, on this ministry team, eh, listen. We can't have different sects, S-E-C-T-S, sectarianism. That sounds weird when I say that, okay? But, but we, we can't have groups like that. We can't have cliques that have separated themselves out. Okay, historically, this has been a problem in the church, and it's still a problem in the church today. You remember the Pharisees are good friends. Everybody loves a Pharisee. <laughs> okay, so the Pharisees, this is what they don't say out loud. You can only know the truth by coming to me for it because I'm your authority. No, they just say, I'm a Bible scholar. And someone wants to just tell them how much God loves them through Christ and the, and the testimony and the power of a changed life and how they're praying. And they're like, well, yes, bless your heart. Bless your heart, you little baby. But if you, you know, if you want to know the truth, you got to come through me. Okay? Pastors, leaders, don't just stay a Bible student. Don't become a Bible scholar. And then all of a sudden you're a authority. And then all of a sudden you're my authority. Yeah, I don't know. I, I Study the Bible, but just, just do me a favor and stay a Bible student. Okay? Let's not become a Pharisee. And then these guys invariably end up legalistic. Because if you don't do it my way, then you are in rebellion to the Lord. Because you don't agree with me on something. Ah. Anyone ever been part of that church? Yeah, yeah. These guys are out there. Okay. All right. Just simply saying the things that we've heard among many witnesses, we're going to commit that to faithful men. Protects us from that guy. You see that? Okay. Well, we also have the Gnostics. Okay. The Gnostics. Have you heard of them? The things that thou hast heard among many witnesses, those things are boring. That's just milk for babes in Christ. If you, okay, it's always like this. I don't know. If you really want to know what's going on here, if you really want to know what's going on here, you need to come join my inner sanctum. <laughs> oh, wait, I mean my Bible study. You need to come join my Bible study to, to get the secret knowledge of what's really going on in this verse. No, I'll tell you what's going on in this verse is exactly what this verse says. And it means what it says, and it says what it means. And the things that we've heard among many witnesses, not that guy on YouTube, the same. That's what you commit to others who shall be able to teach others also. These guys are not always very far away. Every church is going to have someone who wants to tell you that it's not enough to take the things that you've heard among many witnesses. 
and commit to faithful men. He shall be able to teach others also. But rather, we, we need secret knowledge. That's the Gnostics. Watch out for them. Okay. No, we don't want Pharisees. We don't want Gnostics. We also don't want the Herodians. The Herodians back in the day, they were, it sounds, it comes from Herod, right? These were the political guys. They would literally work to find a place in government. That's what they wanted. They wanted a government job because that's, that, that puts you in a place. I mean, and look, I'm off, like y'all ought to run for office. I mean, I'm not going to run for office, but you all ought to go run for office. Praise the Lord. As many believers in positions like that, the better off we are. I, I'm serious. You ought to all go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The Herodians were also really worldly. Because if you're going to be a good politician, you kind of have to lie to everybody you know, and, and tell people what they want to hear. There's actually politics in a lot of local churches. Our local church is not political. I don't know how much anybody gives. Actually, I mean, I don't even know how much I give. I know I, we do tithes and offerings, and I've, I'm in charge of the finances, so I've told Christine what to do, but the, like she writes the check. I, I don't even know how much I give. I don't know how much, you, I don't know how much anybody gives, we're not political here. We just, now listen, if, if people have strong political views and they're all, then that's fine, praise the Lord. But we're not gonna be political in terms of our, our governments, but neither are we political in the church. Sam tells a story about back in the day at Kansas City Baptist Temple where he was told, look, if you really wanna get anywhere in ministry, you need to come join this ministry. This is the ministry where this is the winners. This is the right side. If you want to go somewhere, uh-huh. And we all know, if you know the history of Kansas City Baptist Temple, that, that would have been a bad choice. That was not the right side. Okay. We don't want the Herodians. We don't want people gunning for a platform or, or a political, little political party within the church, right? You know how we avoid that? Just simply take the things that you've heard among many witnesses from many witnesses, and let's just commit that to others. You were saved, and I thank God for that. I thank God we get to spend eternity together. But while we're here, until such a time as Christ returns, let's just be busy with discipleship. Does that make sense? Let's not become Pharisees. Let's not become victims to Pharisees. Let's not become Gnostics. Let's not be victims to Gnostics. Let's not become Herodians. Let's not be victims to Herodians. Let's just simply simply do the work of discipleship. Okay, the zealots. The zealots, that's, that has zeal in it, right? Okay, wrong is right if we feel strongly enough. They say. Actually, they probably don't say that. Let's burn someone at the stake. We're so mad at everything that's wrong. Okay, well, Maybe we don't say we're going to burn someone at the stake, but I do see Bible believers speaking evil of their brothers and sisters because they feel so strongly about something. Wrong is right if we feel strong enough. 
we love each other. Well, okay. Doesn't make it right, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? Zeal. We need zeal. This whole series is helping us become zealous for the work, to stir up the gift that's in us. But, but the fire has to stay in the fireplace or else it's going to burn the whole house down. Amen? Okay, let's not, let's not be zealots in the wrong way. And let's not fall victim. It's, it's attractive. A soul on fire. I want to follow that person. That's awesome. Don't, don't, follow, don't follow anyone into wrong. Okay? You know what the, the solution is? You know how we safeguard against that? Just take the things that you've received among many witnesses. And it's just, it's just, well, and here, let's go on. What are we supposed to do with that? We're supposed to commit that. So to commit is to set forth, to, to put it in another's hands. And so here, I, I can just do this. Kevin, can you come up here real quick? All right. So I've got my Bible. Got my discipleship book, okay. And then, and then here's what you do. Ready? Look at that. I just committed. I just put forth into his hands. Now, so here's this thing that I received. Here, come here, Scott. Okay. Here, well, no, Kevin, you got to come back up here. Okay. okay. So here, you're going to commit these things to me. Okay. The things that I have received, I now commit to this faithful man. Okay, and, and then I'm going to envision you. I'm going to encourage you from the very beginning. What I'm doing now with you, what Scott did for me, what I'm doing for you, you're going to do that in the life of someone else. And, and that's what this is. It is a handing off. Okay, thank you, guys. All right, and so to set forth, to put it, to give it to someone else. Okay. Matthew 13, 31, another parable he put forth, same word translated commit. He gave it into their hands, okay? Mark 6, 41, and when he had taken up the five loaves and two fishes, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves, gave them to his disciples to set forth before the people, okay? So same word, it's translated as commit. He set forth, he committed it to them okay here's one and when jesus had cried with a loud voice he said father into thy hands i commend my spirit i give it to you i put it in your hands same word translated as commit in second timothy 2 2 and having said thus he gave up the ghost he gave it up and he gave it to the father we take what we've received and we give it now here's the cool thing when Scott hands off to me, when he commits that to me, he actually isn't empty-handed anymore. He still has his Bible because he didn't literally give me his Bible, okay? And, and, and I bought my own book, okay? Maybe he helped me get a, a right Bible and, and get the book. But, but after that process, he still has his Bible and he still has his book. So now guess what? He's just going to do that in the life of someone else. I commit to Kevin. Okay, but Kevin, I still have my discipleship book and my Bible. So now I can continue that with someone else 
as you're equipped, you continue. And so now there's generational discipleship. And you guys know that math. We've talked about that. You know how that works. But it's a, it's a, that's what that is. It's to hand off what you have. And we hand it off to faithful men. At Midtown Baptist Temple, we have cost of discipleship. Cost of discipleship is a gut check for you. Because you say, I want to follow Jesus. And it's like, okay, good. And let me tell you what it's going to cost you. And it's going to cost you your life. And it's going to cost you. In 2 Peter chapter 1, add to your, with all diligence, add to your faith what? Virtue. And then to your virtue, knowledge. Okay, you don't add knowledge, okay, to your faith. You add virtue to your faith with all diligence. And then you add knowledge. See, once you've decided I'm in, I have counted the cost, I will pay the price to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you're ready to start learning what that is. Okay, I'm in. I'm going to present my body a living sacrifice. Now, what's that look like? Okay, here are some instructions. Get you started. Okay, but faithful men, that's what we're looking for. People who have counted the cost, and then they're like, yeah, I'm going to buy in. I counted the cost. I'm going to pay the price. I'm going to buy in. What is the price, someone who's been through cost of discipleship? Everything. It's your life. So... If any man will follow me, let him take up his cross daily and follow me. Okay, listen. It's a really good trade. Give up something that's never going to bring you satisfaction anyway to find the, the, the treasure of great price, buy that field, sell everything you have and buy that. It's worth it. Listen, some of you need to take COD. Some of you need to take COD again because you took it the first time and you got intellectual knowledge, but you didn't get the experiential, okay, the, the experiential uh, uh, practice, the, the life experience that validated that truth. You're like, oh, it's kind of like a spiritual battle, isn't it? Making disciples is so simple, but it really is a spiritual. Oh, I think I'm going to go through COD again. Now, this time I'm ready to listen. It's like I've been through numbers, the wilderness wanderings, and now I'm ready for Deuteronomy where that comes to me a second time because the old man died in the wilderness. The old generation died in the wilderness. Hello, somebody. Now the new man is ready to listen this time. And so there's a second giving of the word of God. There's a second chance. That's foundational for us, brothers and sisters. Don't beat yourself up for that. Just... Just be ready to move on. Okay. I don't know where I'm at here. Okay. Roman numeral number six, who shall be able to teach others also? This is faithfulness. Faithful men can teach others also. Faithful means trustworthy. You received salvation. God received you. You're a child of God now. I thank God for that. But we need to be trustworthy to now buy into the mission he's given us. We find our satisfaction in God, so we're not needy. Now we can spend our time and our effort just helping others through the process of 
taking the things that we have received and just teaching faithful men. So faithful men are those that can teach others also. Taking what you've received, keeping it, and reproducing it, and other faithful men and women with the exhortation and vision to do the same. So, so Mike, I was thinking about you this, this week as I was preparing this message, because Mike's always posting these things on our WhatsApp group, which I love. It's like, pray for Bob Smith. He's living in this car on Independence Avenue, and Bob's really going through it, and pray for Bob's salvation. I love that. Okay, because you're interacting with people and you're sharing truth and you're building relationships. Okay, but here's the thing. When we pray for Bob Smith, I'm, we're, I'm making up that name. Okay. But as soon as Bob Smith gets saved, Mike, you need to tell him you are now a new creature in Christ and there is a new way to live and it includes not just a ticket to heaven, but a purpose, a mission. The power of God, the love of God, that you now have within you something that we need to stir up. You need to come. You need to join us. You need to get baptized. You need to get discipled so you too can be a part of, you need to receive these things. You need to learn. We need to take you through D1. And this is what I would say is that D1, not anything else is the heartbeat of the mission at Midtown Baptist Temple. If you're saying, I don't have time to disciple because I'm an LFBI, I'm in the Bible Institute, so I don't have time to disciple, I would just say this, you don't have time to be in the Bible Institute. Discipleship, it's taking the things, okay, the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Now listen, if you're an exception and God's like, no, actually, I want you an LFBI, and I've spoken that to you clearly. Well, then, then be at peace. I'm speaking in general, though. D1 has to be the thing. And what if all of us could just reproduce ourselves a few times? If once a year, each of us could reproduce ourselves, we'd be out of room in this classroom very quickly. And I think maybe we should make that a specific prayer request, that all of us, would be able to reproduce ourselves and others and that we're going to have to figure out what to do because we're out of room in this in this classroom. Okay, so we're going to stop now. We've got about 15 minutes for small groups. And uh, so I want you to pray about where you're at in terms of the message today. There may be some and you're a Gnostic. You need to repent. Okay, well, praise the Lord. I think all of us recognize it's a spiritual battle. And we just need to, to minister in light of spiritual reality. But I'm going to pray, close us out, and then we, we'll go into our small groups. Father, we love you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for my brothers and sisters. Please encourage us all, Lord, to just simply trust you and take the things that, that are commonly taught here, the things which are clear principles and doctrines out of your word. And Lord, just help us to take and be a part of discipling others. Father, some of us need to go back through COD. Some of us need to go back through D1. Some of us need to be teaching D1. Lord, some of us, God, we don't even know what's going on, and we just need you to, to help us get plugged in here. Father, I pray for people on Zoom, Lord, that, that, that aren't actually a part of this group yet, that we'd find a way to connect them to us in a, in a meaningful way. God, we love you. We thank you. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes.
Can they talk amongst themselves but not hear? Okay, so Will is going to unmute all the the Zoom people, and or you can unmute yourself, perhaps I don't know, but you can be your own small group. We are going to turn down the volume here, hopefully in such a way that you can't hear us and we can't hear you, because that might get a bit chaotic. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're working on that. Love you guys, and uh, God bless. Hello there, Gross, Phyllis, Kelly. Hello. Donna. Hi. Yeah, this is Bill and Paulette. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So, uh, is this uh, Marla Gross? Yes. Okay, so. Scott is uh, at the Living Well class. Yeah, he had to do announcements for new members today. Okay. Yep, right. there. So. So he had an issue. No. No, we had new members to introduce. He was he was asking about uh, his heart cat. Oh. Yeah, he's got some issues. He's um, he he ran a bunch of five Ks and a ten K, and just running around the neighborhood practicing his runs, and he's been getting chest pain during his exercise. So he called a cardiologist, and they got him in right away. And he's going to do a cath on him tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow morning. Okay. Depending on what they find, they'll fix it hopefully. Okay. Well, be praying for him. Thank you. And, uh, uh, Donna Swidehart, is uh, Gail there with you? This is me. Can you hear me? Barely. Gail. Can you hear me? We Barely. Can. Barely. I'm trying to get my vision uh trying to get my picture back up there i can't figure out how to do it oh hi gail hi hey donna there we go hey gail. <laughs> i see your face <laughs> long time yeah <laughs> okay uh We went through here, Second uh, Timothy 2 2, before the so on. Bill, would it be better if we all muted ours and you just talk? Um, no, because um, no. Okay. <laughs> Whoever wants to talk. Yeah, go ahead, sure. 
Well, um, I'm traveling. I'm in Texas right now. Um, but, um, you know, I'm just thinking about our, our cities, our country, um, you know, the world in general. I mean, we need to be praying for healing. So, Shelly, you're in Texas? I am. My my boss, they they live in, in Texas, and I came down here to work with them for a little bit. And I'll be going back next week, but then I'll have to come back down. I don't have to, but I want to. <laughs> well, you're you're absolutely correct. It's uh, things are so nutty and so obviously nutty. Uh, yes, we uh, have been praying and should not stop. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, like the message says here, reach out to whoever is also similarly confused and uh, exactly. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking about it this morning. Uh, you see all these signs. We want justice. We want justice. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember Micah six eight. The verses in Micah six eight. Uh, he has shown that you, oh man, what is good? And uh, what should a man do but to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God? So it's not give me justice, it's do justice personally. And then love mercy, not retaliation, not whatever's going on. So there's definitely such a strong contrast there right. uh, of things. Um, and uh, I, I hate to bring it up, but uh, I'm old enough to have uh, seen the 1967 race riots. Mm -hmm. uh, the assassination of a president, assassination of Martin Luther King and RK and the chaos, the Vietnam War. Oh my goodness, There's so much stuff in the past. But yet we threw it um, and went on. So you got another generation of people who they don't know this. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, uh, we, we need to do justly, we need to love mercy because God himself loves mercy, loves. Mm -hmm. uh, and then for us personally, walk humbly with our God. But in the meantime, like uh, the message says here, we've been given ministry, ministry to do justly, a ministry to love mercy, a, mer a ministry to uh, pass it on to the next person who's equally troubled. Everybody's troubled. Mm -hmm. it's horrible to watch. But it's just, it seems like it's, it's new to our country for this particular generation. Where you look around the world, nobody's, nobody's watching Syria anymore. But you, you type in the news and planes are still bombing things. People are still upheavaled. I know. Just not on the news at the moment. And, and other places. What do you say? Uh, Kenya, Nigeria, uh, 
all kinds of things happening. So yeah, Shelly, uh, <laughs> we certainly need to pray. Uh, we could do that as a group here, but uh, let's uh, see if anybody else has other things to share. Marla or Phyllis. Well, Gail, you, you've been on law enforcement. <laughs> uh, you probably see both sides of things these days. Yeah, I, yes. And I was in Chicago also the year after uh, the celebration of Martin Luther King assassination. And I, I saw the cars burning because we were at the doctor's office in Chicago trying to get home. So, um, yeah, I've seen all this kind of stuff before. And I think that uh, if, if we keep... Um, we focus on what's going on in the world and don't think about what the Bible has to say, then that's, then we oh, yeah. can come into this kind of problem. And that's where we're at. And I'm not right. real optimistic about what the result's going to be, but that's what we have prayer for. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's see what time it is. It's uh, 53. 8, 53. And the uh, next service uh, starts at 9 15. No, we're not out of time. I'm sure if you'd like. So is, is the main service uh, live stream at? Uh, yeah, at 9.15, it's a live stream. Uh, from, yeah, thank you. Okay, great. I believe it's some other speakers because I think Sam uh, are on vacation. Uh, James Five spoke last week and it was a very good, encouraging lesson, a message. Uh, I don't know who's coming on today, but there's, uh, there's a deep bench on this team. <laughs> uh, Indeed. A lot of people who get, get up and share uh, God's word and uh, uh, be an encouragement. I'd like to uh, add to the uh, prayer list for uh, not just seniors, but seniors in particular that are home alone and uh, sometimes experiencing some uh, mental issues, you know, not just um, uh, dementia, but some that are having emotional uh, concerns with the uh, virus and all of that okay uh, who's that Phyllis. oh uh that's Phyllis. yes oh, oh Phil, to pray for seniors stuck yes for mental and emotional stability for them during this time with the virus and now with the uh, new uh, uprising concerning the protests. <laughs> well, you're right. Uh, some people have said uh, it's a uh, senior 65 and older. And I said, wait a minute, who's that? <laughs> oh, it's us. <laughs> oh, and we're sort of stuck at home, but we're not really stuck at home. 
we, we, we had my daughter and granddaughter over yesterday and we visited around, but you, you, you're right. Um, uh, pray for the seniors. Shall we go to prayer? Personal. Bill and I um, are okay, but we were in a car accident um, and our car is um, pretty damaged. Um, the lady called the police, but I was going to ask you, Gail, um, necessary to file a police report? Yes. And I don't even know the details. Oh, yes. Because she told us we didn't need to, as whoever on the phone told her it wasn't necessary. Uh, well, the problem with that is that uh, she can say anything. I'm not saying she's, a, you know, we don't automatically assume someone's dishonest, but it needs to be documented. Everything needs to be documented. There's been all kinds of case law where somebody, it's a minor damage. It used to be $500. Now it's up to, I think, $1,000 in most states that if it's under $1,000, the report is not required. Uh, but the problem with that is if you don't get it and then somebody later claims a neck injury or back injury or something else, then you've got a big legal batter, uh, battle. So I always suggest people that most departments I know of that you can get a report even when it's not necessary. So I always urge people to do that to protect themselves. Do we go to our local police office to not where we were at? You have to go where the accident occurred. Oh. where the accident occurred and at least get it documented. Now, many departments will not take a report unless they have both parties there. But at least, you know, you give it a try. Uh, I think what I would do is if you have this lady's phone number, call her and tell her that you, you'd like to get a report on it and uh, see what she says. Um, you could try calling that police department and see what they'll do to help you. How do you have a report in order to file your insurance claim? Do what? Well, you know, it, it that way because we called AAA and they didn't seem to say that we needed it. Um, we do have a few witnesses, but we had, you know, I my insurance yesterday. Her insurance was supposed to call me and did. And haven't yet. It's, it's they haven't yet. So I'm just, you know, I'm kind of wondering if she still has insurance or not. Well, see, if you have full coverage insurance, your insurance agent should be handling all this for you. Okay. But a lot yeah. of insurances will not do that. I'm not familiar with the, with the AAA, but of course, any of the insurance companies will want you to do as much of the legwork as possible. Do you, do you know the name of the insurance company or the other person? Shelter. Um, yeah, there's some, and I'm not familiar, I'm not sure about Shelter, but there's some insurance companies that will say, even if somebody rear-ends you, that that they're your problem too. That if you weren't there, they wouldn't have been able to hit you or something. They come up with some crazy stuff to where they don't really um, uh, want to give full cooperation to you. So, I'm, you know, I don't know how, I think you need to rely on your insurance agency, what he or she says to do. They were but, gonna explain, but you know, maybe they just didn't get a hold of Maybe, you know, a phone number of her agent and stuff. Wondering if you still have some. Yeah, my, my experience is most of the people are honest about that and they, they, they take care of everything like it's supposed to be done.
but it's just you may run across that few that do not and then you've got a big nightmare because now you've got to pursue all this yourself and usually when on an insurance issue if you're as long as your insurance company doesn't have to pay out on anything you're you're going to usually be okay but even if somebody is at fault and now did this person rear-end you or what yeah um they t-boned us that they um, we had a green turning arrow and she didn't see the she thought she saw a green light and she t-boned us in the intersection so hit my driver okay hit your driver's door okay so see you have a big violation of the traffic code right there that she failed to obey a traffic control device now she can always claim that her light was green and then you know, later on, and uh, I'm not saying she'll do that, but a lot of people do that. They'll say that they had a green light. You say, no, I had a green light. And so there's no evidence to substantiate it. The evidence unless, that, you have in, in, unless you have independent witnesses that are willing to. Who are documented, phone numbers and everything. The, the, uh, two, two drivers behind me said they saw the green arrow. They were proceeding me through the green arrow. Okay, do you have their phone, phone numbers and everything? Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Perfect. Perfect. In the future, what I'd say is always call the police because you're going to have more than $1,000 damage if she hit the side of your car because that, that damage is collective, both your vehicle and the other person's vehicle added yes. together. So yeah. it's, and, and by state law, you're required to have one then. We called the, the go ahead. They, you know, we called the police. They said if nobody was really hurt, they wouldn't come. That's what... Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a problem in certain jurisdictions. They do that. They say they don't have the manpower or something, but you know that's the bad thing about certain jurisdictions. And I don't know how they can do that because if unless the law has changed, they're going to be in violation of the law because they're required to, you know, a report is required to be made under certain circumstances. Now it could be because of the pandemic that's going on that they don't have officers that are available. Um, because, and so then you've got a problem. Was it in Kansas City? Because that's what happened to me. Um, I, I had three different people hit me from behind and never, never did the police come. The only time the police came was when it was a hit and run and I tracked the guy down in the Walmart parking lot and held him there till the police came. Yeah, and that's typical with Kansas City. Unfortunately, on both sides, Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas City, Kansas. Yeah. You get into the suburbs and, you know, they're not running, the cops aren't running around putting out fires all the time. So they're able to provide those, those, uh, you know, basic services that. Right. Right. And they just say, if no one's hurt, work it out with your, your insurance companies. And, you know, whenever I was in the business, when I was a state trooper and I worked Wyandotte County for five years up in KCK. Uh, it was common where the I'd hear on her scanner, we will report, we will respond to shooting calls only. In other words, if you're bleeding, if you're wrecked, you're on your own. We can't come. Now, how do they do that? I don't know. I don't know if it's still that way. But, um, you know, um, in, in, in those kind of uh, environments, sometimes you have a challenge. So hopefully, Bill, that this insurance company will come through and 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 work with you but anytime you have something like that you know in the future always call a police if they'll come but you may be stuck to where they say well we don't have any officers available well now what 
you, but you did the right thing by getting other people's phone numbers and taking, if you can take pictures real quick. Of course, that's all a challenge whenever you're in the middle of the road and it's busy. Yeah, we were in the middle of the intersection and yeah. we, were, we were also stunned, but our witnesses took the initiative to stay with us and write down everything. That was, they did that. Yeah. That will really help you a lot. What in my instance that my insurance company handled the whole thing. We only on one instance did um, one of the girls who rear-ended me tried to get out of it, and they just investigated it and said, "Nope, you're liable." Between the two insurance companies, they they fought for a little bit, but within two months, it was settled. Good. That's yeah. that's the way it's supposed to be. So mm -hmm. we, you know, it's yeah. great. Okay, Gail, uh, we got uh, 10 minutes before the next service. How about if you and I pray or anybody else would like to pray and, and then we'll uh, uh, attend the next service. So we got the issues of uh, Scott coming up here and um, we heard the request about seniors who are uh, locked in and nervous and scared about things. So uh, lots going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, I'll, I'll start off here with us, Gail, you can jump in. Uh, gracious Father in heaven, we do come before your throne of grace. We thank you that you are the one who uh, does give justice, but you love mercy. And you, uh, you have uh, set forth the means of uh, your mercy and justice, uh, uh, the Lord Jesus. We thank you and praise you for that. Um, Lord, we do uh, want to lift up Scott uh, in terms of this uh, heart cath and getting diagnosed and see what's going on. Hopefully it's a, a benign situation. Um, uh, Lord, we pray for all those who are, are troubled by what's going on. May, may uh, Lord, help us to be diligent and all other uh, Christian believers diligent to... Uh, to uh, reach out, share your gospel, and um, uh, reach and teach. And so those people can teach others, and we can have uh, God's confidence. I uh, ask this in Christ's name. Heavenly Father, uh, we'd like to lift up all the, the people that Phyllis talked about, the young and the old, the seniors that are challenged, uh, that can't get out, and... Uh, all of them that um, are troubled and, and uh, going through pain. And there's nobody that's here in this community, in our communities and on this planet that is going to be exempt from going through all that pain. We know that the only answer is, is going through uh, Lord Jesus and, and um, sharing the, your gospel with the lost. That is the ultimate uh, solution to all of these heartaches that we're going through and I, I pray that we have the strength to do that the opportunities to do that that we that we do reach out to others and we edify edify your name in Jesus name we pray amen, amen. thank you guys we're we're uh, one heart together in this semi-separated situation <laughs> <laughs> all right guys have a good week yes Bye. Bye. Yes. Bye. Bye, everybody. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.
All right, it's 9.15, and because we have to stop on time, we ought to start on time. And uh, <clears throat> so let's, let's start with a word of prayer. And, and the Bereans, they had a readiness of mind. So when the book was opened, it's like, okay, we're, we're ready. And, you know, with COVID, we've become a little passive. I don't know if, if, if you watched church in your shorts from the lazy boy or not but we got to be the church and so you know we want to be active we want to be active not passive we want to be active in our learning and our interaction in our bible study and so i think we need to shake off a little bit of passivity and so let's pray just together to, that, that we could be Bereans in our mindset a little bit. As we do prepare to, to go to the Lord in prayer, um, I want to also just, just mention a couple of requests here. Um, Scott Growth is, is going to have a heart catheterization tomorrow. He's part of our class here, and so we want to pray for that. Yeah, Scott was here. We prayed for him in the uh, first session of Living Well. And I just want to also pray for him now. And then also, you know, he represents so many of us who are dealing with some sort of thorn in the flesh right now, whether it's a broken leg or a knee injury. We got gout, we got warts, we got physical stuff, we've got emotional, we got people with emotional problems, we got people who can't trust their thoughts, we got people who are dealing with social situations, we got people, we got all sorts of things that, that, that I don't know if we could just say thorns in the flesh that, that we need to lift up to the Lord. And, and then, but Scott is going to represent uh that for us with his heart catheterization tomorrow good morning mr clarence uh my day just got brighter brother clarence is is in the house so and not that the rest of you didn't brighten my day but uh so what <laughs> yeah all right so let's uh just go to the lord in prayer that we would be berean in our mindset that we would be active not passive, that, 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 that the Lord would help us. Paul prayed three times for his thorn in the flesh. Let's pray for our thorns in the flesh so that we can be enabled for the work. And then here's how it goes, okay? Paul prayed how many times? And God said what? Yeah. Yeah. And so Paul had his mind changed so that he was it wasn't being healed in the flesh it was the power of god resting upon him so paul was empowered but it wasn't through being healed it was through his weakness and so it's still right to pray for our thorns in the flesh but if the answer is oh no no listen nick you don't understand it's in your weakness that my strength will be made perfect. And because of that, the power of God will rest upon you. 
and enable your ministry in a way. Then so Paul's like, oh, then I will gladly glory in my infirmities because the strength of God is now enabled in my life. So look, you're enabled this way or you're enabled that way. But let's pray for healing. Scott Growth is having a heart calf tomorrow. So we're praying for that. But then uh, he represents so many of us who have some sort of issue, some sort of thing, a thorn in the flesh. Okay. Spent a long time explaining what we're going to pray about. We haven't even prayed yet. So let's just go to the Lord together. Father, I thank you so much for my brothers and, and sisters here, Lord, whether live or on Zoom. God, thank you for them. Please bless them. God, we read about the Bereans in the book of Acts, and there was this group of people that you called noble. God, we want to be noble. We want to be like the Bereans, Father, who, who had a readiness of mind when the book was opened. And God, they searched the scriptures. God, we want you to look at us and say, there's a group of people, and they were more noble. The living well class, they were noble because they opened up the book and they had a readiness of mind and they searched the scriptures. They cared enough to see whether these things were true and how they should live and, and what they should believe in God. So we recognize right off the bat, oh Lord, help us, we need you for that. God, we have the ability to just sit here and, and be passive like, like we kind of did a little bit when, when COVID had us all restricted to home. So Lord, help us to shake that off, stir up within us, Lord, a desire to be about your business right now. And Father, we lift up Scott to you. Lord, please bless him in that procedure. Keep him from complications, Lord, from, from infection, from, from all the other. There's a whole list of things that can always go wrong with everything. But Lord, I just pray, God, as he trusts you, Lord, we thank you for that. I thank you for his confidence and his trust going into this, that you've got him. And Lord, we just ask for your blessing. And, and would you please, Lord, uh, help his heart, Lord, to be healthy. Lord, for all of us and our different thorns in the flesh, whether it would be a mental thing or a physical thing, God, we just lift it up to you and say, Lord, would you please heal us so that we can be empowered for the work you've called us to. And Lord, if you say, well, actually, it's, it's in our weakness that your strength is made perfect, then God, we ask you that your spirit of power would rest upon us, that we would be enabled to do your work through that route. And God, help us to glory in our infirmities and just, Lord, like Paul had his mind changed. God, if I need my mind changed about my knee, then Lord, here I am, have your way. Change my mind. Help me to glory in my weakness, Lord. But Father, we do, like Paul, come before you and ask for healing. God, I love you. We thank you for this time together. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the mission. And God, we just want to say as your people, here we are. God, use us. Have your way. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this is week five of our Onward Christian Soldiers series. And so we have been in 1 Timothy chapter, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 1. And now we've moved into 2 Timothy chapter 2. We saw, you guys remember the unfeigned faith of Grandma Lois? 
and how this godly woman had a faith that could be passed on to her daughter. And it was such that that same faith that was passed down to Lois was passed down to Timothy. And guess what we're going to see today in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2? We're going to see Timothy exhorted to take the things that he's received and pass them on so that they can be passed on, so that they can be passed on. We're going to see a continuation. We saw in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, that we have within us. Listen, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you've been born again, you have within you something that's called the gift of God. It's the spirit of power. It's the spirit of love, and it's the spirit of a sound mind. And the world, the devil, and the flesh work ceaselessly and tirelessly to keep that suppressed in your life. That's why sometimes you're discouraged, and that's why you're distracted, and that's why you find yourself entangled. That's why it's so hard to just do the right thing, because the world, the devil, and the flesh are trying to suppress that which is in you. And the purpose of the Onward Christian Soldier series is to stir up within us the gift within us. We saw that we need to be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus, because with ministry comes afflictions. And your partaking of the afflictions depends upon your power. This is what 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8 says, is the partake, our partaking of the afflictions is according to the power of God. So the strength that you have as you appropriate the power of God in your life, that's the same level at which you're going to be able to engage in the battle. If you're small and weak, you can't play in the NFL. You have to play in the peewee league. But if you can grow in strength and wisdom and ability, then you can engage at a higher level. Well, it's the same thing spiritually. According to the power of God, we partake of the afflictions. It's, it's the degree to which you're equipped for the battle that you're going to be able to fight in this battle. Okay, so we need to be strengthened. This is review. We need to be strengthened, that is to be empowered and enabled in the grace of God. And so spiritual reality tells me this. I have within me a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. I need to stir that up. I need to be strong or enabled by the grace that's in Christ Jesus for the thing that he's called me to. That brings us to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. This is what we read, perhaps one of the most familiar verses to anyone in this church. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And what we see in this passage, okay, here's our way of review. Spiritual reality and our need to stir up within us the spirit that God's given us for the mission that he's called us to. We can't ever lose sight of that spiritual reality. The mission and the method of discipleship are seen in the four generations of teachers in this verse. So what are the four generations in 2 Timothy 2? 2, 2? Paul, Timothy, faithful men, and others. Paul says, the things that thou hast heard of me, the things that 
Timothy learned from Paul, okay? The same commit that of faithful men, that's a third generation of learners, who shall be able to teach others also. That is discipleship, Paul is telling Timothy, the one who received faith from Lois, Eunice, who received faith from Lois. Okay, so what, what I want to say here is that this is both the method and the mission. God, God left us on this planet to be the body of Christ, to complete a mission. It's his mission. It's not our mission. It's his mission. We just said, yes, Lord, right? So, so yes, Lord, I will be a laborer in the work that you've given us. I, I will be a missionary to the mission that you've given us. So here is the mission. It is to take the things that you've received and pass them on. That's both the mission and the method. So what I'm, what I'm, the way I say it here is we are to keep and then propagate the truth. So, so Timothy, what you've received, you need to pass on. I've given some examples. Ezra chapter 7, verse 10. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord, to do it, and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. So first, he prepared his heart like a Berean to seek the law of the Lord, to do the law of the Lord, and then to teach it. See, he received the truth, he lived out the truth, and then he shared it with others. The whole ticket to heaven thing, where we just promote evangelism but not discipleship, that's not the plan. I got my ticket to heaven. <laughs> Woohoo! Now I'm going to go live for myself. Well, that's not going to be very satisfying and fulfilling. Okay, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Listen, go everywhere. Talk to everybody. Talk to all the different people groups and teach them. And that is, enroll them as a student. That's evangelism. Get them on board. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Baptism traditionally was how you join the church. Hey, I want to join you guys. Okay, come get baptized, and then you're in. Like, like This is getting people to come join us, join the church. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even in the end of the world. Amen. That's discipleship. Evangelism, baptism, join the church, and then let's disciple them. That is the mission. Listen, I'm, I am so thankful for your salvation. Heaven wouldn't be heaven if you weren't there. I mean, it just, you know, I mean, I know it's all about our being in the presence of the Lord, but I'm so grateful we get to spend eternity together. But if we don't bring some folks with us, okay, you escaped the fire when your house burnt down, but you didn't bring your family with you. So yeah, you're going to heaven. You got your ticket to heaven, but Let's, let's, let's be about the mission that he gave us. It's not just about receiving the truth. It's not, we're going to see this. It's not just about getting knowledge. It's not just about getting something for yourself. It's about the mission that he's given us. And it's so exciting. It's so simple. But yet we find ourselves distracted a lot of times. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to be, we're going to go through this verse bit by bit. Okay, considering the different parts of this verse, and then we'll do a small group time at the end. And if you're 
watching on Zoom, we'll try to set it up so that the Zoom group can be its own small group. So, okay, so the verse starts with and. All right, so we, we got to start with that because and is a conjunction. It connects this verse with the previous verse, right? You guys remember that from, you know, the grammar class that you paid attention to in high school 40 years ago. Okay, yeah. Okay, so and so like second timothy chapter 2 verse 1 which starts with what second timothy chapter 2 verse 1 starts with thou therefore okay we had to look at that therefore to see what it's there for and we had to go back to second timothy chapter 1 to get the context well because chap because verse 2 starts with and well, it's connected. We, we find the same thing, that verse 2 finds its context in chapter 1. So what we see is, is we're going to have to stir up the gift within us for the battle around us. Okay? The context is the same context in chapter 1. And without going back and re-preaching that whole message, if you remember from chapter 1, Paul said, hey, Timothy, listen. Be a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel. I just want you to know something, Bishop of Ephesus, capital of Asia, that all in Asia have turned away from me. And now, my son, my disciple, strap on your armor. Because you're kind of, you're going to be alone in a lot of ways. You're going to have to stand alone at times. You're going to have to fight a good fight. It's going to be rough. Stir up the gift that's within you for the battle around you. Souls are at stake. The enemy is fighting. Okay. There's many churches full of good people. Don't want to disparage any other church or what anyone else is doing. But it's very clear that God has given us a mission of Midtown Baptist Temple of reproducing a church that will actually obey 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. There's a lot of good churches. I'm not speaking evil. I'm not thinking of any particular church or denomination. I do not want to be guilty of, of speaking evil when the Bible tells me not to, especially with my brothers and sisters in Christ. But I know this, there aren't a lot of churches right now. As I look at the state of Christianity in America, I don't see a lot of churches doing 2 Timothy 2.2. Making disciples with a faith-based view of God's work and a biblical philosophy of ministry is the work of a lifetime. And it's worth laying our lives down for to reproduce it. That's going to become more clear as we look at this. Okay, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, and we covered that. The things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. I'd like to, I'd like to look at, at just this little passage here and particularly at that word among. All right. So our hermeneutic, the way we study the Bible is we compare scripture to scripture and we let the Bible define itself. One thing that you can do is you can look up a word and you can look at how it's used in English. You can look up the Greek word in your Strong's Concordance and you can find every time that word is used in scripture and you can get insights into what God means when he says that. You guys 
are familiar with that, right? Well, I did that with this word among. And guess what I found? Well, you don't have to guess. I'll show you what I found. Turn with me to the book of Matthew. We'll be in Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Okay, that word among. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 22, the word is translated differently as one of these words in this verse. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, okay, one of those words is the same word as among. The word by. The word of the Lord, how did it come? It was spoken by the prophet. Okay, Matthew chapter 5. We'll just stay here in Matthew real quick because it's, it's quick and easy. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it was written by the prophet. Okay, so last time it was spoken by the prophet. The word came as by his speaking. And this time it's by what was written. The word came by. That's the same word as among. Chapter 2, verse 15, and, and was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet. Same word. It was spoken by the prophet. That's the same as among. Okay, look at, look at Matthew 4, 4. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That word out of the mouth, same word as among okay we could go on and on and on in matthew chapter 12 verse 1 it's translated through look at this at that time jesus went on the sabbath day through the corn jesus was walking through the corn the word came by the mouth it came out of the mouth that's the same word as among so check this out the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses it means you're hearing it coming through the different witnesses all right so these are truths that are commonly known i heard it here i heard it there everybody heard it everybody knows it it's the common basic truths now listen we also compare scripture to scripture the things that thou hast heard of me, there's your Pauline epistles, among many witnesses. Yeah, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every truth be established. Okay, this protects us from getting crazy in our thinking. Paul says, look, those are the things that I want you to take and teach. The things that, that are coming from, from all these different people. So listen, if it's just you, and five other people, that doesn't count as many witnesses. It's not Paul standing here teaching and there's a whole bunch of people that are witnessing his teaching. No, it's, it's the things that you're hearing coming from all these different witnesses that we are to take and teach. Does that make sense? You guys follow me on that? Yeah, we get insight when we compare scripture to scripture. Now this actually, this, this thing, which, which where I say, okay, I'm just gonna take 
the clear things that, that are coming from many witnesses that everybody can see and everybody agrees on. I'm just going to take those things, I'm going to reproduce those in the lives of my brother, envisioning him to do the same thing in the lives of someone else, who from the beginning is envisioned to do the same things. And we're going to take these things, we're just going to teach them to others. That is the mission, and that is the methodology. It's so simple. You don't have to go like, like to nth degree to find something that no one else has ever found before. If you find something that no one else sees because you're so spiritual, you don't get to teach that. You're supposed to take the things that are among many witnesses that we all can see. That's what you are commanded to teach. That's what we're commanded to do. Now listen, if it's so simple, but why is it so hard for us to just do that? Because human nature, our natural tendency is to get off and to get a little bit crazy and to get drawn away. Let me explain. Here's some different things that can happen within the church. Okay, so just simply committing to 2 Timothy 2.2 and taking the things that, that are of Paul, given to many witnesses and committing them to others, that, that simple way of making disciples protects us from elitist cliques causing division in the body through sectarianism. Now, sectarianism is a big word. I don't like to use it, but when I, when I talk about S-E-C-T-S, the different sects causing sex, sectarianism, it sounds like I'm talking about sex, S-E-X, which is horribly distracting. So, I, so sectarianism is just where there's a click over here. There's a click over here. Historically, these have plagued the church. You know why? Because we're wired to fall for it. That's why. Okay, so let's look at, the, at how just simply taking the clear teachings from many witnesses and just teaching others protects us from these things. Okay, so what are we talking about? Well, first of all, these guys everybody's favorite bad guy in the Bible, the Pharisees. The Pharisees, they went from being Bible students to being Bible scholars because they took two semesters of Greek and Hebrew, and now they're Bible scholars. Okay, I'm making fun of somebody. Sorry. Okay, so, but the point is they went from being just someone who loves God and God's word and wants to be a part of making disciples to being an authority. And once you become an authority, now you become my authority. Well, no, thank you. I've been studying the Bible for 25 years, and now I'm an authority. What I mean is I'm your authority, and you ought to say, no, thank you. Now, spiritual authority is a thing. You don't want to, like, despise the pastorate or anything like that. But listen, these guys, that's not their attitude, is come follow me as I follow Christ. Their attitude is, I'm authority, you better do what I say, or you're in rebellion to God, because if I say it, I'm right, because I'm the leader. I'm a pastor, because I am an authority. No, no, listen, that's lording authority. That's what lost people do. Does this make sense? I don't know if you've ever been in a church where this guy was the pastor. It's no fun. Anybody in a church like that where if you disagreed with the pastor, you were in rebellion to God's word? Anybody? Yeah, okay, half of us. We're like, thank you, God, for sparing me from... Okay, listen, the reason this was a problem and is a problem today is because it's human nature. 
don't become a Pharisee. Don't fall victim to the Pharisees. And you know what protects us from that? Just saying, I'm going to take the things that are clearly taught. I'm just going to commit that to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. I am not going to let somebody lord over me, and I'm not going to lord over other people. We actually have to deal with this every once in a while in our discipleship stuff. We got people trying to tell other people whether or not they should get married and what jobs they should get and how they should. And it's like, I'm like eh, what they should wear. It's kind of like legalism nowadays, right? Because we don't actually have a church position. We don't have the office of Pharisee. Okay. But we got people that are trying to fill that office that doesn't exist. What they don't say is you can only know the truth by coming to me for it. Because I'm your authority. That's what they don't say, but that's their attitude. Watch out for these guys. Now, listen, we're just going to make disciples. I'm going to take the things that I've received. And I'm going to teach it to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. I don't want any part of this. Okay. The Gnostics. Okay. The Gnostics. They were present back in the day. They're still present today. Here's what the Gnostics don't say out loud. The things that thou hast heard among many witnesses, that's boring. That's milk. That's for the babies. Here's how it comes across. If you really want to know what's going on in this passage. Okay. It's not enough to take the things that you've heard among many witnesses and commit that to someone else. If you really want to know what's going on here, you need to come join my inter sanctum of secret knowledge. I, I mean, I mean my Bible study. Okay, listen. The things that you've received that everyone else also knows about among many witnesses. Here's the mission and here's the methodology. Just take that and commit it to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Let's not get to where we become Gnostics. Okay, now just, I could go there. I could end up, I love things like, let's assign numeric values to letters and let's see what, I like the Bible code, the, the, the deep, cool, and for, like I could get, kind of crazy like I could write these okay that's not the mission that's not the methodology that's not what we're instructed to do this is a trap don't become a Gnostic and don't fall prey to Gnostics because what will happen is you're going to find yourself unable to do 2 Timothy 2 2 because you're often here somewhere okay the Herodians the Herodians are the politicians. A lot of churches are pretty political. What you really want. Okay, so this happens within the church. It also happens in politics that are extra church politics. So, so the, the way it would work would be within the church. Sam tells the story about when he was recruited back in the day at Kansas City Baptist Temple. And... And, and he was told, if you ever want to get anywhere in ministry, you need to come join the winning team. You need to come join the right. What? There aren't. Like, I'm of Apollos, and, and you're of Paul, and there's two, there's a division here, and 
I go to this Bible study and you go to that Bible study and you're not cool unless you come to my, what? Oh, no, no, I'm in this ministry and you're in that ministry and unless, unless you join this ministry, what? That's crazy. That happens within the church. It also happens as church members seek political favor from local politicians. Now, I would say I would vote for Brother Clarence and I would vote for you. You ought to run for office. That'd be fantastic. I'm not going to run for office, but you ought to all go, like the more believers we have in, in, in the government, the better. That'd be miserable in my mind. But, but for people who are wired like that, man, you can, more power to you. But the Herodians, they were very worldly and very political. We want to avoid, now these people are in the church today. Hey, get linked into me and my politics by back in the right side, which is my side. And, and of course, I'm willing to, to dump all that if, if, if I can go hook my wagon to someone who's going somewhere because I want a platform. I want, okay, don't, don't become a Herodian. Don't fall for that. You know how you avoid that? You're seeing a pattern yet? How do we avoid that? 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, just simply take the things that you've received and teach it to someone else. Why is that so hard? Here's part of the reason we fall for all this junk. Okay. In the flesh, we are wired to be Pharisees and Gnostics and Herodians. Okay, zealots. The zealots were full of zeal. That's why they're called zealots. Woo! Zeal, 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 but not according to knowledge. Okay, zealots will tell you wrong is right if we feel strong enough about it. Um, excuse me, brother, sister, thus saith the Lord. Oh, but you don't understand how strongly I feel. Yeah, I guess I don't. Because you feel so strong, you're going to disobey God's clear instructions. Hey, let's go burn someone at the stake. <laughs> yeah, except not supposed to murder people. Okay, well, we don't burn people at the stake, but I do hear my brothers and sisters speaking evil of others because they feel so strongly that some element of truth is being violated and they feel personally attacked, so they attack back. You say things when you're mad that you wouldn't say otherwise. Zealots just live their whole life that way. Listen, people that are, that are just souls on fire for the Lord are attractive. Let's, let's be those people, but let's be zealous for good works. Let's be zealous to live out, to obey, to do 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. It's harder than you think. And you know that. Why does it seem so hard to just simply do that? Well, because we end up, okay, here's part of the reason. But anyway, simply saying, God, the things that I've received, I believe them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab hold of those simple truths. I'm going to live them out, but then I'm also going to commit them to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So let's talk about this real quick. I, I need a couple of volunteers. So Nick and Patrick, come on up here. Okay, this word commit. So Patrick, you're here, and Nick, you're here. All right, so, oh, there's my coffee. Okay. Man, I brought you up here just to clean up that coffee because... I don't want to bend down there. Okay, so, so here's what we're going to do, okay? We've got our biblical discipleship book. We've got the Word of God. Okay, so you, okay, 
You're just going to take that. You've received that. There's someone else over there who took and just took the truths of God's word as organized in 18 categorical Bible study lessons and, and committed that to you. And what you're going to do is you're just going to take that and commit that to me. So you're just going to hand that off to me. Now, he hasn't actually given up his Bible. And this, he had me buy a book instead of giving me his book. Unless I couldn't afford it. And then he helped me buy a book because he's going to invest in me. Okay, but you just committed something to me. Okay, now you still have a Bible discipleship book. But now you're going to help me as I learn to commit this to Patrick. And the first thing I do is I say, okay, now listen. This man of God right here changed my life by committing this truth unto me. But it's not enough that I received this truth. I need to be a part of propagating it because 2 Timothy 2.2 says that I'm supposed to take the things that I've received. I'm supposed to give them to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So listen, Patrick, be a faithful man. And I want you to just from the beginning understand God is not just giving you this so that you can get puffed up with knowledge, but you need to be a part of taking these things and committing them to someone else. Okay? And then from the beginning, that which I've received, because Nick gave that, had that conversation with me, I'm handing this off to you. And now you are receiving something of inestimable worth, but it's not just an end unto itself. From the very beginning, you're going to be a part of 2 Timothy 2.2. Make sense? Now, look, I still have my Bible. I still have my discipleship book, but so does Nick. Now, so do you. And now there's three of us doing the work of taking the things that we've received, and we have generational discipleship. And you guys know this, right? The, the thing that I wanted to point out, okay, thank you guys. The things that I wanted to point out here is just that that word commit, it means to set forth. It means to put it in another's hands. And so just like Nick took that and put it in my hands, now I've got this in my hands. What am I going to do with it? I'm going to keep it, but I'm also going to commit it. Okay, check this out. So, so... Another parable, talking about Jesus, put he forth. Same word as committed. He put it forth. He gave it to these, he gave these people this teaching, this parable. We had taken the five loaves and two fishes. He looked up to heaven, blessed, break the loaves, and gave to his disciples to set before them. To set before somebody, that is to commit. Okay, I got another one for you. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And he gave, and having said thus, he gave up the ghost. He gave the spirit into the hands of the Father. He said, here is my spirit. Okay, this is the same word to commit. You're going to take the things that you have received among many witnesses. Not just one guy. The things that we're all seeing, we're all agreeing among many witnesses, from many witnesses, through many witnesses, take that thing and just give it to someone else. Has everyone here been through the discipleship D1? Okay, is there anyone here who would say, I went through that, but it did not change my life? Is that you? Can you say, I went through it, but it did not change my life for the better? No, nobody. So everybody would say it impacted me for, for good. 
man, I thank God for your salvation. I thank God that you received those things and you received the benefit from that. Now let me ask you a question. Have you handed it off to someone else? Okay. Praise the Lord. Discipleship one. That's the mission. Just take the things you received. Hand it off to someone else. You know, Midtown Baptist Temple, we, we don't have we don't do everything right. Okay. Our performance isn't perfect. But we are working really hard to obey. You know what God's looking for? People who will just say, yes, Lord, God, I know my performance. I'll probably be the worst discipler on the history of the planet. God, I'm, I'm sure I'm never going to do anything right. But listen, God, I will obey you. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for obedient people, not awesome people. The things that thou hast received of me, commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So, so what we have, how do you find a faithful man? Because Proverbs 20, verse 6 says that every man will declare his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find? It's pretty hard to find a faithful man or woman. You know one thing we did at Midtown Baptist Temple? And again, we're not doing anything right, but we're just trying to do this thing. And, and so we came up with the cost of discipleship class. Who's been through COD? Okay, some of us. The cost of discipleship class is just what it sounds like. It's like, hey, here's what it'll cost you to follow Christ. What happened was we went from about 25% of people finishing to 75% of people finishing that D1, okay? Discipleship one. Because what we told people up front was it's going to cost you your life. If any man's going to follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. And if you didn't go through that class, you, you probably need to. I mean, if you've been discipling and you're discipled and you get it, I'm not saying you need to go through it again. Some of us, we, we're like in finishing up the book of numbers in our life. So we've been in the wilderness for a long time. And I would just say, if that's you, well, Deuteronomy would maybe be just like going through cost of discipleship again. And just this time, see what happened was they got the law in Leviticus and then they they didn't obey and then they didn't understand the spiritual battle that was in place. And then they went through the book of the wilderness wonderings, the book of numbers. And in, in, in the wilderness wonderings, all the old man died. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. So Brother Clarence gives a testimony. He was in the wilderness and didn't know it. Um, God led him here. He went through cost of discipleship, realized. Yeah, so there's a lot of people, and that I think that's the case for a lot of us. You don't realize you're in the wilderness until you enter the promised land. You're like, oh, oh this is so much better. 
But the old man has to die in the wilderness, the flesh, the old nature. Put off the old man, put on the new man. I don't know if you're following me on that. But that's what happened in the wilderness. The old man finally died, and God's like, are you ready yet to just enter the promised land? And when they did that, then Deuteronomy, there was a second giving of the law. Okay, we're getting off a little, a few tangents here. But, but, but we have this cost of discipleship class because we want to encourage faithfulness. Faithfulness is trustworthiness. And if you don't know what's coming, you're going to get knocked off course and, and, and you're going to get distracted. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, you, you probably know where, where Peter says, and, and, and giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and virtue knowledge. Are you familiar with that? It's not on your handout. I don't have it listed there. But you know what faithfulness is? It's, it's giving all diligence, adding to your faith what you believe, virtue. Virtue says, yeah, I'm going to do it. Okay. And then to your virtue, you add knowledge. So we're looking for faithful people, that is, trustworthy people. Does that mean awesome people who perform well? No, it just means people that are going to show up and do it. Do what? Second Timothy 2.2. 2. Just, just, just do that. Don't get caught up. Don't get distracted. Don't become a Pharisee. Don't get distracted by the Pharisees. Don't become a Gnostic. Don't get distracted by the Gnostics. Don't become a Herodian. Don't get distracted by the Herodians. Don't become a zealot. Don't get distracted by the zealots. Just simply, faithfully, over time, be a part of the process of making disciples. And, and I would say this. Faithfulness is just taking what you've received, keeping it and reproducing it in other faithful men and women with the exhortation and vision to do the same. I would say the heartbeat of the mission at Midtown Baptist Temple is D1. I hear people every once in a while say something like this. I don't have time to be part of discipleship because I'm an LFBI. I don't want to play the Holy Spirit in anyone's life. Maybe God told that person, yes, for this short period of time, you need to focus on LFBI. Maybe that's the case for somebody. I don't want to be the Holy Spirit. But I would say in general, according to 2 Timothy 2.2, as Paul trains up his leader to be a pastor in Ephesus, the capital of Asia, this is his thing. Just simply take the things you've already received and teach others. D1, not LFBI, is the heartbeat of the mission at Midtown. If you don't have time for D1 because of LFBI, I would say you don't have time for LFBI. I don't have time for discipleship because of my job. No, you need a new job. You need to pray for a job that allows you to fulfill the mission, which is also the method of simply taking the things that we all know and we all believe. It's the simple things that change lives. This changed my life. And God forbid that I would become such a Bible scholar. I don't have time to simply sit down with a brother over an open Bible and take what I've received and just pass that blessing on to someone else. Okay, not everybody can, can, can maybe disciple at every age and stage and time of your life. Maybe there's a time in which you, you can't, but that ought to be the exception. What happens is we're so easily distracted. So the question is this, not how do we, 
how do we get through COVID? How do we get through the, the horrible racial strife and, and the injustices? The question is, how do we make disciples during times like this? How do we stand? And having done all to stand, how do we stay faithful and trustworthy even when, when everything else in life is changing? That's the question. Tell you what, let's pray for some faithful men and women to reproduce ourselves in. Let's pray for us to be committed to discipleship. And, and, and I, I mentioned this at the end of the last class during our small group time. I just want to present it now to the whole group. I think sometimes we're limited in our evangelism because we're not bought into God's plan enough. Okay. So if you're God and I'm just praying, God, I just want someone to win to Christ who I can share the gospel with. But you're God and you know all things and you know I'm not going to be faithful to disciple that person. I'm not going to be faithful to bring them here so they can go through new members. They can learn. They can get baptized. They can join us. They can become disciples and followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. According to 2 Timothy 2, 2, you know I'm not going to do that. I just want to win them to Christ and leave them out there for the wolves so the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons and the Seventh-day Adventists and that whatever some sort of cult church Someone who's going to teach them they can lose their salvation or a works-based mentality that says you have to earn your salvation so God will have to let you into heaven because he'll owe you something. That's what they're going to. I'm just, I'm just going to leave that little babe in Christ, that little lamb among the wolves. And you know that because you're God. And I'm praying, God, just give me someone to win to Christ. And, and you're thinking, ah, I think I'm going to wait till next week when that person who's actually committed to discipleship comes along. Because that's the mission. I love evangelism. We need to be ready to preach the gospel at all times. But that's not the mission. You guys following me? Sometimes I think we're limited in our evangelism because we're not committed to discipleship. Which includes evangelism. I'm praying specifically that, that we as a class would be out of room next year because we're winning people to Christ, we're bringing them here to get baptized, and we're discipling them. And we're just going to have to figure out what to do because two, you know, two set, we don't have enough room in this place. Why? Because we're just doing 2 Timothy 2, 2, and we're not distracted. Make sense? Okay. Um, let's pray. We'll close out, and we can finish up with kind of a big, small group time. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. God, your word is quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And, and God, sometimes as it, as it pierces our hearts and divides us from ourselves, Lord, we realize that, that God, we have been distracted or, or that God, we are somewhere in the book of numbers in the wilderness, spiritually speaking. And, and God, we just ask you, would you continue to do a work? And Father, I pray that, we would see and agree and Lord, just buy into the simplicity of making disciples. Everything in this church is set up. There's a structure in place that makes it possible. God, if we just had to do this on our own as Lone Rangers, it would be impossible to do the mission. We wouldn't have anything to baptize people into. We'd have to baptize people at our bathtubs or something. It would just, it just wouldn't work. And then what would we teach them? We'd have to just make up our own lessons. And, and, and then, God, there wouldn't be a body. Lord, we need the structure of the church, and we have the structure of the church. 
And God, it's so simple that we would just take the things, God, that we've received and just teach someone else. God, it's so alluring to become a Pharisee or, or to follow a Pharisee. It's alluring to become a Gnostic or to follow a Gnostic, to become a Herodian or to follow one, or, or Lord, a, a zealot. Or, or, or God, we want to follow people with zeal. It's so attractive. We want to be souls on fire. So God, we do pray for zeal. Lord, help us to stir up the gift that's within us. But God, the end result should be that we, the things that we've already received, we're just going to teach to someone else. And God, that, that you would be glorified as we make disciples and there's fruit that would remain. Oh God, help us to do that. God, we're not missing anything. If we just say yes, Lord, and follow the mission and methodology that you've given us simply and clearly in your word. We love you, God. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you're on Zoom, uh, do we have people on Zoom? No one on Zoom this hour? Okay. Um, all right, we're going to break up in small groups. I love you. God bless.